0: If you enjoy this podcast, would you mind leaving us a review? This is how others find our podcast. Welcome back to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You, a weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. I'm Jessica Pfeiffer, and as always, I'm joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey, Dr. Ken.
1: Jessica, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Good. good.
0: Hey, I wanted to discuss uh, why it is that some kids seem to be attracting the bad kid friends. I know that (laughs) we've had some parents that have written in and asked the same question, you know, that it feels like their kid seems to find the bad kid, seems to find the wrong crowd. You know, they want their kids to hang out with kids maybe with more similar values and interests as right. parents would right. you know would like for the kids to hang out with kids that are they're encouraging and pushing them toward the right things and instead their kids are hanging out with people that are questionable in their minds. So as a parent, how do we handle this?
1: You know, I was just noticing one of the effects of having been a psychologist working with adolescents for 35 years is when someone like when you mentioned the bad kid, I feel immediately defensive for what's known as the bad kid cuz those are often the kids I'm working with. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong with the kid? That you, why do you not want your kid to hang with that kid? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, cause my, it's often the kid that I work for. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's, it's a common issue. Uh, parents really strive to, you know, how can we help? She seems to be again with the kind of kids that we weren't hoping should be with. He, you know, whatever. And um, it's so we, you know, we can divide it into two things. Uh, The first that's most common is um, what is the reason for it? Again, with uh, with teenagers, there's different issues than just with children. And so why are they hanging with these kids? And then second, we talk about what you can do about it. But it starts with the why. And I think your first question is. Uh, do the kids that I think are bad kids for my teenager to hang with, does my teenager think they're bad kids to hang with? Are mm-hmm. in fact, these kids that my teenager is sort of drawn to and wants to hang with? Uh, just because you don't think it's good doesn't necessarily mean your teenager doesn't think it's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so I've seen that in my own life where I'm quick to assume how someone might be before I get to know them. And my teenager isn't always wrong. I mean, there are some times where I assume there's going to be a kid that's kind of a mess and they turn out to be a great kid. Um, that's true from appearances or from, I know what's going on in that house or, you know, been so judgy myself that I misread what turns out to be a really great kid. Well, and,
1: and, and the other way around, which is, uh, you know, there are many sort of admirable kids that seem to be at the social top tier in their school that are mean uh, and yes. not really very nice. Uh, so, you know, so an example of, of what you might consider the wrong kid that your teenager doesn't is that if you have a, a teenager that's secretly smoking weed pretty regularly, then um, they are absolutely going to hang with other kids that smoke weed. Uh, I've mentioned, I think on this before, that weirdly, if your kid is new in a school, the sort of top tier, social kids are very likely to ignore your kid one of the first welcome mats that's rolled out in many high schools is the kid going hey do you smoke you know and that kid you know wants to connect with other kids that smoke marijuana it's it's like a religion i'm not talking about the occasional smoker i'm talking about the really pothead kid they're very friendly uh, mm-hmm. They they cannot remember that you don't smoke. They certainly aren't interested in hanging with you without smoking. But they happen to be quite socially um, <laughs> open and inviting. Whereas your your cool, I don't know, cheerleader, athlete, kid, you know, uh, may very well ignore your kid. So if if your kid is involved in something that uh, maybe you don't know about. <clears throat> you know. That draws them to that group. That, that's one thing to to really think about. Um, it, it, other groups may be that if you really are hoping that your teenager will want to be with Christian kids, for example, well, if your teenager isn't really a Christian, but is afraid to tell you, then that's going to be kind of a problem. Like, why do mm-hmm. you not hang with the church kids? Oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot in common with them, is not Uh, an an invitation for you to say, well, I'm going to call so-and-so's mom and see if we can, that's a time for you to go, well, um, does the faith mean anything to you? We haven't talked in a while. Where are you faith-wise? And get your teenager first signal that it's okay for them to tell you what they really think. But that's your first sort of um, evaluation is, is my teenager in fact uh, hanging with the kids I don't think are good, but is choosing to hang with those kids.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, as a mom, I can tell you, you know, there are a lot of moms out there that are really adept at social engineering, you know, calling the other moms and getting in on the scoop of who's doing what and what's happening this weekend and trying to get their kid some sort of an invitation or inclusion in a group um, because they're concerned about, you know, maybe other people, their kids might be drawn to. Uh, And so as a mom, you're saying don't do that. We're well, too old for that. <laughs> you know,
1: uh it, by adolescent, I I would say that that's a fine skill when your kid is a child under 12 probably. Um except for, you know, I think you mentioned this that part of that is for for the mom, you know, the mom's mm-hmm. social life is mm-hmm. centered around their kids' social life and um yeah, I don't recommend that you, you know, get your own emotional needs met by you know, your, your kids' social engagement. But, you know, being good at setting up play dates, having kids over when you have little kids, I think that's pretty cool. But by early adolescence, that becomes less helpful. And certainly by 14 and above, I would really rethink if you're still having to coordinate this and so forth, the thing that begins to be implied is uh, instead of just being a mom that cares and wants to, provide more and more you are implying. And remember, sweetie, you don't know how to do this. You can't do it. You're incapable. You need me. And that's not the message you want to be telling them. So by adolescence, again, the skill of doing it is fine. But like we always say in feeding them out to bite you, what age kid? And by Mm -hmm. later adolescence, I've known moms that worked hard to set things up, um, you know, even senior year in high school. And- you know they're masking what could very well be some social struggles and difficulties that their own kid has in connecting uh with with other kids and so i think you've got to be very careful about that because that gets to the second one if they're not uh the first category is maybe the kids they're hanging with are the kids they want to hang with but then the second is you know by talking with your kid and finding out uh there really might be some struggles they're not connecting with the kind of kids they're wanting to connect with and trying to talk to them about why. And that's where you get into trouble of teenagers that have social struggles, and we've talked about that in many po- different episodes of this podcast. They um, rarely will say, I'm just not sure, but I'm struggling to keep the friends that I want. They, they very very quickly will start saying, well, it's these other kids. They're all, I, you know, my, I go to a Christian school and they're all, stuck up. I go to a public school and they just don't understand, whatever. It's blaming mm-hmm. all the other kids. And I can't tell you how many times I've spent time with a teenager talking to them about their social struggles. than when they just complained that quote, everybody is fill in the blank. Uh, my first response is, yeah, but I'm looking at a smart 16 year old and dude, I can't believe you can't figure out how to figure, how to kind of work this system. Um, it, it, you're implying that you don't know what you're that you can't do anything about it. I, I, that part I don't agree with. So you don't have to disagree. I'm sure those kids are fine children. It's more just well, maybe they are, but you know, you're not helpless. What What are you gonna? They hang to eat with each other. What are they doing that you're not doing? But that's more when you're you realize your kid is wanting to connect but struggles to uh, make those connections.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I know that. Sometimes I'll hear or have in the past heard from my kids, you know, well, I like being friends with them, but they're so, um, you know, stuck to themselves. Like they just, they're all in a little group and they never include anybody else. They don't, they don't ever reach out, you know, or I never get invited to those things or, you know, I would be friends with them, but they're, you know, too good for me. That sort of situation, you know, hearing those kind of cues from your kids is a signal that they, they want to be in a group, um, but they're just not feeling. That's like that's that's They're right. capable of edging their way in.
1: That's how I would interpret that. That's right. Yeah. But being a, and being it, a
0: teenager is hard. I just being as
1: teenagers are
0: takes me right back to like memories of high school, trying to fit in and and trying to find my group of people and feeling rejected in certain groups and that sort of thing.
1: That's really true. I have Ugh. the same memories, especially in junior high. Just thinking, I am a loser, and and I didn't want to go. You know, I mean. Yeah, and, and I think the reason that's important to think about is that a kid that's feels really bad about things socially, that's so normal mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily cause big alarm. But when they're drawn into, this, like we say, the wrong kids, you know, that's a different issue. And, and we're kind of overlapping on things we've said before about social skills. Remember, uh, you cannot make friends with a group. That group that won't include me is made up of some individuals and which individual of those do you really wish you could connect with and try to really encourage them to deal with that this one kid or that kid.
0: I have used that a lot with my own kids, Dr. Ken, that line of, you know, you're not trying to make friends with a group, you're trying to make friends with a person. And yeah. so pick that person that you feel most connected with. And um, pursue that relationship. Maybe you invite just them to go to a movie. Maybe you just have them to spend the night or do something fun with. You know, it's just that, um, you know, not seeing them as an impossible group to to edge your way into, but maybe individuals that you could get to know um, and enjoy and appreciate.
1: Yes. Separately. Again, assuming they are wanting to, but don't know quite mm-hmm. how, rather than they don't really like hanging, you know, with the kind of kids you want them to hang with. That's right. And and that also gets back to um, encouraging if your kid is succeeding, I think especially if you're trying to raise your children Christian-wise, it's really important to encourage them. What about so-and-so? She's new. I don't ever hear you talk about her. Uh She's a little weird. Well, you know, you've been a little weird. (laughs) Why don't you think about, you know, trying to invite her along? Again, there's nothing wrong with your kids having their close relationships. So you don't need to encourage them to try to be some sort of missionary constantly. But there can be a kind of ugliness or at least a very uh, strong lack of sensitivity to what other kids are going through. And like you and I just said, I think every teenager recognizes if you point out, remember the times that you felt like you're completely losing it and failing and not making it? Well, you know, do you ever help others with that?
0: Mm-hmm. That's important. And I think it's, you know, a, if your kid has moved around some, or I mean, even just an experience of moving schools once, you can always refer back to that. Remember when you were the new kid, how awful that felt the first, you know, really months, six months of being in a new school feels. That's right. Like you don't know your place, you don't know the stories or the history behind everyone's relationships. You're trying to figure things out. So just recalling that and reminding your kids of how they felt often which is enough.
1: Which is a common cause of struggle socially, is mm-hmm. if your kid has moved, had to move schools, move towns, which we've said is happening much more now than ever. And if your kid isn't, more and more percentage of the kids they're with have been moving around and so forth. So it makes it harder Uh, It it makes the value of the single best friend that much more important. Mm -hmm. I think it's a role for churches, especially for parents that know better than to hop around church to church. You really need to be find the community. You know, the Christians call that the body of Christ. It's not just a social club. It's part of our shared uh, life uh, spiritually and staying connected to that group uh, can help to be hope could be and would be more of a solid base for more of our young people to be able to have that, uh, even if the kids at their school are, you know, more transient and so forth. I, I would hope that that could be a a role that churches can fill more and more.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of moving, what if you feel like as a parent your kid has really gotten in deep with a group that is problematic? Let's say you found. Um, several different occasions where your kid is drinking, doing drugs, making, smoking, weed, whatever. Um, And you, you know, for sure that this group of people that they continue to hang out with is um, really headed down the wrong path. Do you, as a parent, move them to a different school, if that's a possibility, maybe get them moved to a private school or move to a different school that's within your district, you know, trying to, trying to change their, Environment is
1: that. A, That's a really that a good, good question. I think that is one of those that makes a significant difference on whether your teenager is wanting to hang with these quote bad kids that you don't like, or if they uh, would rather be able to connect, but they can't. Basically, all school decisions for teenagers I recommend is a three-person committee with two parents and the teenager, and they get should have input. So if you, for example, if you have a teenager that continues to be caught drinking or whatever, I think you really need to deal with the drinking problem. Um, moving them to another school, um, you know, they're going to find the kids that are doing drinking and and or drugs in the next school. So simply moving them and the, with the idea that well they're a bad influence on my otherwise pristine teenager is again disrespectful to your teenager they make their own decisions. And sometimes you may be surprised to find out your kid is actually pushing the agenda. So moving them to another school isn't going to help anything. However, if your kid is at least moved on to, look, I get it, it's hard. I wish I could stop all that. But, you know, that most of my friends do that, then they might consider voting for changing schools or at least be a part of that. Um, And for other things, you know, like if they're uh, involved in, uh, the kind of community that, for example, Christians struggle with. What about LGBT uh, influences and so forth? Again, I think that gets back to uh, the state of your your teenager. If they are um, seeking to connect with the kind of teenager that you wish they would connect with and are not finding it at their school, then changing may be a way of doing that. But if they are actually harboring a resentment and wishing uh, to uh, remain with these kind of friends, then you have to really rethink what would the effectiveness of that be if if they're actually just as much in favor of uh, this activity that I think is bad for them. So it it mm-hmm. really has a lot to do. It's I would say it's never wrong. It's no, I would say it's not ever correct to move them even if they object to it. But it's it's it can be pretty ineffective if they strongly. To, you know, I've had kids d- deliberately fail the entrance exam to a Christian school. You know, like, like you know, it gets back to the, you can't make them. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can be much more effective if you've really tried to talk together about, here's the problem with this, and do you ad- even moderately agree with me? And then, yeah, you things can be much more effective in, in perhaps uh, initiating a change.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point, because there are a lot of... uh it is it is a big headache to move a kid from one school to another and to move uh, them only to find pretty much the same group of friends That's right. That's right. <laughs> at a new school uh, would feel like a waste of time and effort and all the work that goes into moving your kid. So Yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's
1: not, it, it, again, not out of the question, but definitely need to rethink, is this really what we need to be doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I like your point that you made just a bit ago too, that- it could be your kid
1: that's doing the instigating.
0: It could be your kid that might be the, quote, bad kid, right? Isn't that weird?
1: Like, and like I know so many parents that. that would never... Th- I'm telling you, my mother would have thought that, and she did a good <laughs> job. But if someone had said, I think, you know, your son is probably influencing my kid badly, I, my mom wouldn't take it at face value, but she would absolutely go, really? Okay, maybe. We need to look into that. It was like, <laughs> you know, she thought we were regular people and, and mm-hmm. you know, capable of sin, which I think was respectful because yes. by golly, I was.
0: Yes. Sometimes I'm a little bit, um, I, I fall into that too with my kids. I'm suspicious of them. I'm always asking, well, what was your part? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when
0: they come home telling me this sob story about my friend was so horrible to me. I'm like, well, what did you do <laughs> I don't to know. instigate that? I and think if they're not- six,
1: that's not great. Maybe, you know, you really yeah. want to, but yeah, with a teenager, I don't, this may shock our listeners, but I'm, I'm with well, you.
0: But, and, you know, sometimes it really isn't my kids and I've been suspicious for no good reason, but I also know that we're all capable of sin. We're all capable of doing terrible things. Even when we, um, you know, in general are pretty, pretty kind, loving people, we can have our moments. And so that's right. recognizing that in your kid is an important thing to just seeing them as a human being. They're not perfect. It might be your kid. That's the problem. And so, um, you you know,
1: having that kind of overly positive, my kid is always great can be a lazy way of feeling like I'm a good parent because I'm always for my kid. but doing that without really knowing your kid is is of no use to them at all
0: mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate this conversation, Dr. Ken. I appreciate it every time you reiterate that we are not in control of our kids' relationships that they get to choose this as a parent. It can sometimes be hard when we feel like they're making poor choices. Um, you know, and we try to manipulate the situation. So thank you, Dr. Kin, for giving us good tips today on dealing with this issue in our kids' lives. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at podcast at